This is Power and Consequence. Welcome back to Power and Consequence. We are your hosts. I'm Matthew. And I'm Anna. And this is a podcast where we talk about propaganda and the public figures who spewed into the online ecosystem. It can be a lot to keep track of, but that's why we're here, to break it down case by case so you don't have to. And today is a very special episode because we have our very first guest host. And man, what an intro I got here for you. I, very good friend of ours. I had no idea she was so accomplished. <laughs> so... Uh, today, uh, we have the uh, the irrefutable, the wonderful technical account manager for Automatic, who's the folk, they are the folks behind WordPress.com. She's also a consultant at Inclu, a minority-owned and female-led DEI consulting firm focused on people, products, and processes, uh, processes, excuse me, uh, she is an avid civil rights and social justice advocate who recently uh, has published a guide on how to support black people after the George Floyd shooting and continues to raise awareness about equity and inclusion causes and about uh, issues around the globe. And she also just started releasing her own podcast titled Get Drunk, Get Woke. I'm loving that title. A casual conversation podcast with dranks that tackles uh, various societal issues and topics. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Destiny Foxcano. Yay! Yay! Thanks so much for having me on, y'all. This is super exciting. I can't wait to dig deep into these uh, issues you've brought to the table. Uh, Destiny, I know that, like us, you are politically uh, involved. Uh, you, you stay aware of the issues uh, best we can. And I know that, like us, I'm sure, I'm sure it can be a bit exhausting keeping up with all the, the propaganda, so to speak. So there's quite a lot out there. So we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, Anna, Destiny, what do either of you know about a man named Ron Johnson? Oh, I know a little bit about this guy. Yeah, Destiny? Um, sounds like someone that's in some big corporation business, maybe oil? <laughs> he, so he, he was a CEO at one point. So, uh, but that was that was 10, 10 years ago, because since 2010, Ron Johnson has been the senator of the great state of Wisconsin. All right. Yeah. A Wisconsin Knight, as he refers to himself. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He was a he he has a um, a seat on a Senate subcommittee for uh, Homeland Security. And he likes to talk about things like uh, hi, how hydroxychloroquine is really what, yeah, yeah, <laughs> is uh, for those of y'all listening, uh, Destiny gave me a very appropriate eye roll. He's one of those. Um, he also does this thing where he likes to um, not quite say things that'll get him sued or arrested, but he's he, he does very well at skirting the law. Uh, yeah, that's Ron Johnson. He is a big Trump fan, even though he says he's not. Uh, let's see. So basically Johnson caught some heat recently in the media, which is kind of on par for him. So pretty much he, Johnson made some comments downplaying the severity of the Capitol insurrection. And he made those comments on February 15th while speaking as a guest on the Jay Weber show. And just Jay Weber is just a conservative, like kind of watered down Rush Limbaugh basically is his deal. I, I, I checked out some of his shows. He sucks. That's all you need to know about him. He, <laughs> he's not worth our time. So 
Oh, Ron Johnson. Okay, so basically what happened was um, he made some comments on Jay Weber's show last week, and the media got a hold of it, and there was only like a very small portion of it that uh, they, they talked about. Uh, it's just maybe 30 seconds. But Jay Weber goes on uh, his website the next day saying, oh, you took this all out of context. You're not letting, you're, you're, you're misrepresenting what Johnson said. You should have listened to the whole interview. Well, I did listen to the whole interview and he's right. They did take it out of context because the entire interview is far worse than what people already know about him. As it goes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, this, this is just what he does. So, uh, the show starts with uh, Jay Weber pretty much pitching Ron as a guy that has been catching a lot of heat because he hasn't gone along with the impeachment. He's one of these guys. He's also one of the jurors, obviously, because he's a senator, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's 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 really just kissing up to Ron Johnson. And Ron kind of opens up and follows up with this, this sycophantic rant of Jay Weber's um, the way most politicians do, which is to play lip service uh, to... Uh, the people who got hurt in the insurrection, and also simultaneously kind of shift the blame. Well, first of all, I think we all have to start out, as Trump's defense team did, is we all condemn the breach and and we mourn the loss of life. I mean, it was you know, the videos we saw, the, the highly selectively, selectively edited videos we saw were still reprehensible. Yep. I mean, the, the racial slurs, the, you know, the, the, the attack on police officers, the the injuries, the loss of life. I mean, nobody nobody condones that. Right. We all condemn it, which is, you know, dramatically different than how Democrats really reacted to the riots, the the billions of dollars of property damage. I, I don't know. I don't know because the press won't report this. You know, how many people had did lose their lives in in those riots? You know, how many police officers really were injured? How many other people were injured during the the riots? And, so I'm going to give you a spoiler alert here. Based on what I've read and heard about Johnson and the things that come out of his mouth, he doesn't give two shits about police unless he can use them as a prop to make his point and attack his enemies. So this is going to come up. So yeah, he the, the, the topic is the insurrection itself, but he, you know, all he does is he's like, oh, we condemn it, we condemn it. And I, am I the only one that kind of felt like that was a little forced? Like he's just like, oh, yes, I, I have to say this. I was like, yes, I condemn it. We all condemn it. It was bad. But what about the Democrats? You know, it did come uh. across as, you know, that you know, thoughts and prayers and <laughs> right. <laughs> and yes. Let's plug in the police, but not talk about the senator fellow congressman victims at all in that breath either, which is very interesting. I know. And like immediately goes back like th- so this is a thing that he does. He immediately goes to the George Floyd uprisings. I don't call them riots because, I mean, whatever else it was, it was a social movement, however disjointed. And, and th- this is a thing that he will continue to do. <laughs> so you notice how he's like, he started asking all those questions, right? And it's like, how many, how many people were injured? How much property damage happened and this and that? Well, this is a favorite of Johnson. See, what he does is he, he gets around like slander and libel by not declaring things like, you know, conspiracy theories. He'll just ask questions, you see. Um, but apparently he's never heard of Google because if he had Googled it, uh, you would come up with all kinds, right? It's like, well, how many people got injured? So for example, uh, as for deaths, right? Lois Beckett with the guardian reported that at least, and this was in October, at least 25 were killed during, uh, the political demonstrations and related, uh, related incidents that occurred in the wake of the George Floyd uprisings, uh, from the, from that article, quote, the new data on fatalities and violence at American protests comes from a database created by the armed 
Conflict Location and Event Data Project, ACLED, which is a nonprofit working in collaboration uh, with a group of researchers at Princeton. They also worked on uh, fatalities in Yemen in their civil war. So, I mean, they're they're real. So it goes on. Like, while the majority of more than 9,000 demonstrations that summer were peaceful, reports of dozens of deaths connected to the protests were apparently misattributed and were actually deadly crimes that occurred within the vicinity of the demonstrations. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just, we're going to hit that ground running. So first, his first, his opening salvo is, you know, what about people who participate in the George Floyd uprisings? So yes. that's his first big pivot. Pretty It's much a lot of what about isms. Yeah, what about isms that there are people on both sides. <laughs> there are good people, oh. bad people on both sides kind of mentality. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just you wait this without actually saying both sides. He's going to say both sides, but he says it in a way that's really funny. So. Yeah. So that, wow, we're one clip in, and how, how do we? How do we? What's our impression of Ron Johnson so far? One, we're one clip in. What do you think? Um, I was definitely on that. Just Google it <laughs> game. Like, <laughs> what? the world is your oyster now, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and it's like I, I get it, dude. You're on a conservative radio show, but like, you know, it's like why must you abuse your audience? Because you know, none of most of them are probably not going to Google this. They're like, yeah. oh, Ron Johnson said it, and Jay Weber agrees with him, and I like Jay Weber. So, yeah, yeah, that's Ron Johnson. Honestly, he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> not saying anything we haven't heard. What is it now? Fifty times before. Yep. Yep. I chose that number specifically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's Johnson. And that, again, that's like one minute in, but, and he keeps going, I cut it in, in the middle. So he, he, uh, just to give us a break, but he keeps going with the what about isms and he starts invoking, um, one of the scariest, uh, images that he can come up with out of the democratic party. Someone that has nothing in particular to do with this. And that was, uh, Hillary, Cl Hillary Clinton. Oh man. Well, kind of my main point, you know, so as a juror sitting in that trial, What's going through my mind while the, the, the House managers are making their case is, okay, you're, you're accusing Donald Trump of all, all this stuff. You know, what, what about Hillary Clinton telling Biden? I'm actually surprised the Trump's the lawyers never pointed this out. She advised him never to concede the race. Mm. You know, how about all of you folks that uh, you know, never condemned the BLM and Antifa peaceful protests that turned to riots that burned down dozens of, of buildings in, in in Racine. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that 45 seconds. Citation needed for that Hillary Clinton thing. I have the citation for that. I know exactly what he's talking about. There was an article that came out in Politico uh, in August of last year, and the context of it was Hillary Clinton advised Biden that um, if it is a close race, if it is like too close to call, do not concede. Think of, think of 2000, right? Bush versus Gore, okay? Yeah. And... That was also the the author of that article kind of put it against the backdrop of the fact that anytime Trump loses an election, he says that it's voter fraud. Like he lost the Iowa caucus and accused of all people, Ted Cruz of voter fraud. And 2016, Ted Cruz, I guess, had some kind of backbone. So he pushed back. But that guy's long gone. Yeah. 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 So, I hear. Oh, oh, flying Ted. Flying Ted. Hey, he was just trying to be a good dad. Okay, how just wanted to be you? warm. <laughs> the political cartoons on that are pure gold, by the way. I mean, we, we, okay, I want to keep this under an hour, but let's let's take a minute for Ted Cruz. Just a second here. What the actual fuck was that? 
<laughs> and did you see he he there's there were there were pictures of him after he came back and there was a video of him explaining himself you could actually hear people booing behind the cameraman <laughs> I got to find that one. I don't oh. I didn't see that yet. Oh, it's great. It's great. And there's like pictures of him. Like he puts out pictures on Twitter of him handing out bottled water and stuff. Dude, while he was in Cancun, AOC raised $2 million and then flew to Texas. $4 million. Okay, last four. I heard it was $2 million. It's up so to So she four. raised $4 million and then flew down to Texas to distribute aid. And she isn't even from Texas. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Well, she believes in, you know, human rights, you know, purportedly she does. So yeah, there, the that includes part water. Of United States, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and then people tried to slam her. It's like, oh, you're just trying to get good PR or something like that. It's just like, dude, uh, just there's no winning. There's no winning. That's the equivalent to saying that Ted Cruz was trying to get bad PR by abandoning his state and going on vacation. Hmm. It's the same logic. Like it makes zero sense. Or was he? Is he playing twelfth dimensional chess? He's not against... Emperor Palpatine. Okay, <laughs> get him out of there. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Ron, the whole interview is 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 kind of this way. He he does a lot of whataboutisms, but this is leading to something that is actually kind of funny to me. Anyway, um, is that he 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 does so many whataboutisms that he contradicts himself in one clip multiple times, and it's pretty funny. So, uh, oh, in regard to the um, uh, property damage he was talking about, uh, yeah, there was in Racine during the uprisings, there there was a building that was burned. There was some looting. There were things that were happening around that. So he's not completely talking shit there, but he is creating a false equivalency between people dying during the insurrection and buildings getting burned um, during an uprising. So he's equating like a building to human life, in which case, you know, just generally, you know, fuck you but whatever. So during that was, there were some actually right wing violence directly as a result of the, the uprisings, correct? Like during the summer in, in Oakland and the surrounding area specifically. Are you talking about the Boogaloo boy guy? Yeah. Well, yeah, that guy's more of a right libertarian, but the guy, Steve Carrillo, the guy who killed uh, a Santa Cruz deputy and um, a contracted security guard, he was, you could call him right leaning, but the Boogaloo movement is, a whole other thing to unpack but uh yeah there was that and then i think all but one death is a was uh i think only one death was attributed to a police officer i think the rest were crimes and civilians on civilians like in portland you know oh yeah yeah definitely in portland uh, i hate to say it, but it's hard to keep track of so anyways yeah so so it's it's funny that um Johnson mentions uh, what happened over the summer in Wisconsin, and he talks about, you know, property damage and death and and all that, but he fails to mention something else that happened in uh, Wisconsin. You mean that little kid with the gun? Kyle Rittenhouse. Murdered several people? Yeah, he, he conveniently forgets to bring any of that up, you know? Yeah, you got to keep that my pillow money. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new George Soros. Oh, God. <laughs> Lindell uh, money. Fortunately for us, um, he was briefly asked about the Kyle Rittenhouse murders um, around the time when it happened in August. So we have that. And anybody want to guess how he reacts when CNN's Dana Bash asks him directly about it? Not well. Um, where I didn't hear about that. So Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> um, he oh, no, was, no, no. I don't mean I said that's how he reacted. Not. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> just like. With, a, with what we know about Johnson so far, can we New take... New phone, who dis? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like... Or 
but what about the left? Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of both, actually. Hold oh, on. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh my God. Let's do this. Doesn't the president have a responsibility to call out violence regardless of who is committing it? Yeah, and, and the governor has responsibility to accept I'm the surge in manpower the so that people, so, so, that, so that citizens, so that citizens don't believe they've got to protect their own I'm property about the and take we can talk about matters the governor in their own next. hands. Because that, that's really, yes that's really no. what happened. No, what the, what, the, what, the, what, the, what the president did was he offered to surge manpower resources so the violence could end. The governor did not accept that that day. That night, tragically, two people lost their lives because citizens took matters in their own hands. I, I'm not for vigilantism. Citizens took matters into their own hands. But he's not for vigilantism? I, okay, so maybe it's just me, but to me, what he did was he is blaming, Ron is blaming um, the governor for not accepting um, National Guard, federal troops, federal officers uh, in the streets of Kenosha. And that is what led to, quote, citizens taking things into their own hands. I'm thinking of him sending federal troops into Portland yeah, to yeah. literally kidnap people from the streets. So yeah. maybe the governor didn't feel inclined for that to happen in one of her cities. Hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Destiny, what do you, what do you, what do you think? You think he, you think, you think he's full of shit? Cause it sounds like he's gearing up to not yeah. condemn anything. Yeah, I mean, he seems to have a mental blip whenever the president is mentioned, and he can't even get onto that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some ulterior motives here for sure. Oh, by the way, is Kyle Rittenhouse still at large? Well, I mean, he is out on bond. Uh, he's not, so he's not physically he's not in a jail or a uh, a juvenile facility. He is he is in a quote safe house on bond, but that's a whole other story. So he's out on bail. Okay, so they actually have located him now. Not that I know of. If they have, they haven't just—they haven't disclosed that info. Okay, because yeah. last I heard, um, they tried to locate him because he did. He break lied. One of the tenants on his bond, he, and yeah. then they did not find him. Yeah, no, no. He, yeah, he lied. He said that his lawyer said that he's in hiding uh, a fear of reprisal, presumably from left-wing, you know, um, extremists. Which he's surrounding himself with Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. He's well protected. Okay, yeah, yeah. probably. Well, he's got at least one gun, or he did. They took that one. Ooh. Yeah. So, whoops. So yeah. So so Dana Bash tries again tries to pin down Ron in this interview. And uh, <laughs> basically, uh, he, in the end, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't condemn shit. The 17-year-old accused of committing those two murders was a Trump supporter. It's a tragedy. Do you, do you condemn that? It's a tragedy. Do you condemn it? <laughs> it's a tragedy. It's a, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy, but, tragedy, but do you condemn it? The entire situation is a tragedy. Listen, I, I don't want to see any loss of life. It's a tragedy. And the way you prevent these tragedies is you support law enforcement. But a tragedy enforcement. could be a you car accident. You calm the situation. A, you, you, allow, you allow for peaceful protests, but you don't, but you don't allow peaceful... You don't, you, you, you don't you allow peaceful... This. You don't allow peaceful protests to turn siege into siege. Listen, I, I don't want to see anybody lose their life. I don't want to see the violence continue. I don't want to see businesses burn down. I don't want to see economic destruction. I condemn it all. So he, again, he did it again. He is equate by his tone. My takeaway is he is equating property damage as long as it's done by left wing people, uh, to murder in this case done by a, a right leaning, well, child at the time. 
So that's that's where he stands. Uh, well, I'm also hearing, you know, the way you avoid tragedy as a kind of like hidden language like the way you don't get our people suck sicked on you is by not doing xyz which is darker than explaining properly actually <laughs> you and know I, it's yeah i think what is he doesn't re i don't know it's kind of strange because like he's saying that it's a tragedy but He's saying like the the specific loss of life that he is referring to as a tragedy is a teenager murdering two people and not the event that precipitated the uprisings over the summer, which was it, it never needed to happen. You know, like that whole event of like George Floyd could have been avoided. Like it just, it didn't need to happen. And that was a fucking tragedy. And I don't think he would consider it a tragedy, even though by his like equation, it's still a loss of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he's, he's very fluid when it comes to, and, and I'm not going to dip into that language because I don't think it's really my place to, but in terms of like the, the, you know, the relative value of human lives, you know, he's, he's barely, he's got the thinnest veneer on what he's really getting at, at least in my mind, mm -hmm. which is, you know, if, if there's anything that could hurt the call, the GOP slash Trumpist cause, he's going to downplay it. And he, he barely even tries to hide, you know, his bias, which is bullshit, because like I said, this guy has got real power. He's a U.S. senator, and he sits on a Homeland Security subcommittee, and he uses that subcommittee to to amplify and platform all kinds of like unfounded um, fraud claims and, and and conspiracy theorists. Which is, I mean, it's just like anyway. And, oh, and also he's up for re-election in 2022, so that might have something to do with why he's he's hitting the rhetoric so hard. Maybe mm, so makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so he both sides this thing pretty much, as you said, Destiny. That's that's what he's doing. Um, he equates property damage to murder in this case, uh, and yeah, and he keeps going. Ron cannot stop himself. Uh, he brings up uh, in this next clip. He brings up how he was sympathetic to Trump uh, in his case, and in a way that really ought to disqualify him as a juror. And uh, and he and, and I want you to remember this stance when it comes to. Uh, overwhelming rioters just remember is, this for is a little. this still in a conversation with dana bash or are we going back sorry to the radio interview we're going back to the to the interview from last Got week it. Okay. thank you anna got ahead of myself <laughs> there yeah so now we're back to the semi-present so this is his thoughts on uh, sympathy for trump and also overwhelming uh rioters when you when you see their their lead manager had also objected to you know the, the trump electors real quick he's talking about jamie raskin in 2017 uh, Raskin brought up a similar objection on uh, during the certification day for Trump, basically saying 10 of the 29 jurors uh, shouldn't be allowed from Florida be, or electors from Florida because of a dual office violation, like they held multiple offices. But there was no senator signed on. And Raskin knew he gave an interview the day before basically saying, yeah, th this is not going to happen. This is basically just a weak protest. So he never really thought he was going to disrupt anything, just by the way attacked and asked to resign and be expelled because I just did what half half of what Barbara DeBoxer did in supporting an objection. But in the end, I voted against 
overturning the wishes of voters. And, and you got the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel telling me to, to resign and, and be expelled. So, you know, we've all been attacked as President Trump's being attacked right now. And so, quite honestly, we were quite sympathetic with his case. Yeah, I don't know if I like a, a juror saying he's sympathetic to the defendant's case right out of the gate. In a, in a normal criminal court, that would mean that you get excused because you have a bias. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know what, really what, he's, what point he's trying to make there. Also, if he wants to talk about being attacked, yeah, um, I'm sure that he has attacked several of his colleagues, especially, oh, I don't know, young women from the House. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You want to talk about being attacked, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. And that's just, it's, it's more, it's more nothing, you know, it's just him trying to distract from, from the obvious point, which was that Trump was never going to get convicted. And he's, you know, and he doesn't care that he's admitting that point because we all knew that we knew that we weren't going to get 67 senators and you, which is a whole other conversation, but Ah, yeah, this guy wears me out. And I even knew what he was going to say. So <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, he's not saying anything that we haven't heard already. You know, it, it, it's just, he's, he's just saying it clearly. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, it's almost like listening to white supremacists on, uh, or reading their comms on parlor. It's like, it, cause like you said, you know, Jay Snyder or whatever his freaking name is, he's, um, you know, he's a conservative radio host he's not a big one at that so i think ron felt relatively insulated and safe saying what he wants to say you know or excuse me asking the questions he wants to ask we'll get to that in just a second uh yeah and also he says that you know ron's like oh ultimately i didn't vote to desert to against the certification it's like yeah after the deadly insurrection attempt you mean that i mean he's he's making it sound like he's being very brave and and moral all of a sudden for doing like the bare minimum Later, uh, Ron uh, starts in on another pivot, and uh, he implies that maybe someone else is to blame for the insurrections. Any any guesses who he's going to blame? Anybody? I'm going to guess the media or Antifa. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Not the the BLM quote unquote rioters, right? Uh, I mean, so that one's been done. That one's been done. He's a little more nuanced than that. Well, again, my, my point is, if you're talking about incitement, talk about the incitement over the last four years. And the point I made, so many unanswered questions, uh, it would have opened up a huge can of worms, which, by the way, we've got to open up that can of worms. So he's talking about the entirety of the, of the Trump presidency. There's been incitement by the Democrats, but this is the first time he's ever mentioned anything like that. Okay, so, yeah. Well, I thought he was talking about the incitement of the whole, you know, Trump administration <laughs> oh no 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 he wouldn't dare he no, he's oh. no he's he is suggesting that rhetoric from the de- political rhetoric from the democrats specifically and the left in general uh, is its own type of incitement which in that is he's implying that that is what fanned the flame and led to the insurrection at least what yeah 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 he, he says it in a few different interviews oh my god anyway so yeah that's uh any guesses on uh, who to blame for the riot? So it's like the last four years of Democrats, but then you heard him say he's going to open a whole can of worms, right? Mm-hmm. So just remember what he said earlier about support, about overwhelming force and supporting law enforcement. We got to find out, you know, I sent a letter to all four sergeant arms, the, the two former and the two, and the two acting of the House and the Senate. 
asking some pretty uncomfortable questions for them as well as House and Senate leadership in terms of what did you know and when did you know it? You know, wh- why didn't we have beefed up security or what was the security level? What was it? We don't, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. And that's another point. Really certainly getting under my skin, actually having sent that letter weeks ago, having gotten nothing, the House managers had all of this information I didn't have access to. I actually learned a lot during the presentation. So I, I actually appreciated the presentation. I have seen that video. I had no idea that the, the breach occurred real close to the Senate chamber. I thought it happened more over in the House side because it was certainly more intense over in the House side. But, you know, again, another thing in my, I'm, in my thoughts running through in the trial is I never felt threatened. I didn't foresee this. <laughs> that last part, he's referring to like the elements of convicting someone for incitement. Like, was it foreseeable? Could it be predicted? And that's really what he's getting at. But like, he's like, oh, I didn't feel afraid. I didn't feel threatened at all. So did y- y'all catch what he just did there? He he said he sent a letter to the sergeant at arms and asking what they knew. The implication here is how come you, Capitol Police, and yeah. the people kind of in charge of you, the, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, why weren't you guys better prepared? Which, basically, he's victim-blaming. So that that's, that's his game. He is implying that the cops who he supports and the Speaker of the House who was targeted are, in fact, the people who are responsible for the insurrection because they didn't prepare properly but- for, the threat, for the threat that no one saw coming, according to him. Except so many people have seen this coming. For five years, there have been people on the left who have warned that there was going to be some sort of major violent episode coming based on Trump's or Trump's deification within his own party. I mean, you know, if, if only there was people out there who, you know, hacked the communications of a bunch of right-wing psychos and then released them on the internet. Yeah, I was like, refresh my memory. They did know. (laughs) And they weren't asked to, like, beef up security before, (laughs) right? There, there was, yeah. Am I misremembering yeah. now? <laughs> no, no. There, so there, there was a, there was a breakdown across the lines of communication. There were requests made for like national guard and at one or offers of national guard. Other people said no. Um, so, so, but you know what strikes in my mind is that image of like it looked like at least a hundred national guardsmen over the summer standing in front of the Lincoln Monument, which has no people. Because left-wing demonstrators were in D.C. that day, you see? And then it's just... <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's... The, the glaring juxtaposition between that image, because I know exactly the one that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they're all face masks um, on. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the National Guard literally looking like they're about to go to war versus the amount of security that was there on January 6th is appalling. Like it's it's such a blatant display of naked racism. It's like how when the Black Panthers, when like white people in California saw the Black Panthers as like a threat, quote unquote, they- Oh, they banned open carry. Banned open carry like literally the next day. Like it was just so obviously racist that it's hilarious how fucking blatant and obvious it is. Like, it, it's that level of stark that you, there's no way you can look at that. Like, any rational person could look at that and not think that race was, like, the main factor in 
the, the decisions made versus like security. I think my key takeaway aside from, you know, Mr. Johnson lives in a prism of his own mind when he doesn't want to, you know, face reality is <laughs> he didn't, he said that he didn't feel threatened or like unsafe. And it's like, yeah, you wouldn't if you're on the same side. Let's be right. Or, or at least he <laughs> thinks he is. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I mean, Mitt Romney's a Republican, but they would have freaking killed him if they gotten a hold of him. Yeah. You know? But, and that's really the point. It's like, dude, you, you, you're not on there. They don't think you're on their side. Some of these guys, some of these guys want to tear the government apart and that's all they see you as because you're not far enough to the right. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's Ron on the insurrection so far. Uh, big fan of law enforcement, uh, but he's throwing them under the bus because it's convenient. And, and he's doing it in the form of questions, remember, because that's his game. He does this a lot. Well, it's not illegal to ask questions. Yeah, apparently not. I guess not. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. Well, if, if Biden has their has his if way. If tech giants and Biden are coming for, you know, your freedom of speech and your guns. Well, as we know, you know, Biden is simultaneously beholden to big tech, which are the biggest capitalists in history, and communist China at the same time. Yeah, the TikTok mental gymnastics, man. man. I, I don't I don't possess that range of motion. Yeah. Well, you know who does possess that range of motion? Is Ron Johnson as he pivots yet again. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, so so uh you know he Ron, you know, he does his thing, he throws he throws cops under the bus, he implies that Nancy Pelosi had something to do with the insurrection. Um but he also has to stick to the original script you know, that he started with. And that involves making sure that people are afraid of left-wing voters and uh, demonstrators. I wasn't afraid going into January 6th, there are going to be riots. Now, had the tables been turned, if that would have been tens or hundreds of thousands of Biden supporters out there, you know, the people that had been rioting in the streets uh, all summer long, I'd have been a little more concerned about security, but I wasn't. Pelosi obviously wasn't. First Sergeant Arms wasn't because they didn't bring in the National Guard troops who requested because the optics. Okay, so that that doesn't even make any sense. That is just incorrect. Isn't all of that wrong? Well, I mean, his his assumptions are they they don't even hold up because he's saying that he wasn't afraid in this event that actually happened, which involved Trump supporters. He then says that if they were Biden supporters, he would have been afraid because of things that happened over the summer during the George Floyd uprisings. He then pivots and says, I wasn't afraid of Trump supporters, and obviously Pelosi wasn't afraid, or she would have brought in the National Guard. But if she was afraid, then that would mean that Ron Johnson was wrong because they did storm the Capitol, but he wasn't afraid. Did anyone else also hear that like hesitation with what B word he wanted to throw out in that? <laughs> oh yeah, take, take, give me give me. Black Biden. <laughs> I, get, I get confused sometimes. I'm sure. I, you know what? I actually didn't catch that at all. Jesus, you think you think that's you think that was the slip? Seriously, you think that's where he was going with that? Like he caught himself just His in time. His trend so far seems to be um, a little, a little. Uh, questionable <laughs> yeah he was gonna say benghazi oh god that's it that's what happened we've we've cracked it we've solved together with ron johnson we've solved it okay da vinci left us a code to tell us that blm and anti-fascist forces would overthrow benghazi 
uh, with the help of Hillary Clinton and George Soros, who then turn over their influence to... No, I've lost it. Okay, this bit's done. You're going to cut this, like, just that bit out, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Next Pizzagate, watch out. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, globalists. I'm sorry. (laughs) Globalists who don't exist. Uh, But... uh, anyways yeah getting back to it yeah so so this is the part where johnson really kind of goes off the rails okay and this is approaching the part that really got um amplified and and put out in mainstream media so this was the 30 seconds that he's kind of known for right now oh no we're getting to that part oh okay so this is the build-up to the 30 seconds because here's the thing if you look at the 30 seconds just by itself or 45 seconds just by itself you get one picture and it's bad but if you Look at it, if you listen to it after everything we've just gone over, you can see a larger context and a bigger strategy, at least I think, of what he's attempting here. So we shall see. Uh, I, I'm, I know what I think, obviously, because I prepared the clips. I want to know what you guys think. So, so everyone is now afraid of the leftists again, right? Ron Johnson is afraid of left-wing people, Biden supporters, not afraid of Trump supporters, Um but uh, it was somebody else's fault that they weren't prepared for the Trump supporters that he was not afraid of. So we're all we're all good so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused too. <laughs> yeah. So, moving on. Um, oh, also, here's another thing. He doesn't even bring up the fact that, like, um, you, you guys remember St. John's Episcopal Church uh, when Trump tear ga- had the Capitol Police tear gas protesters so he could take yeah. a fucking photo op. Yeah, he. I mean, he, he. I figure that since we're talking about protesters and force and like uh, property damage and everything else, you'd figure that would come up at some point since he's talking about Trump. Or maybe if the interviewer was a real interviewer, he'd bring that up. But that never comes up in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, so. it's not a tragedy in his mind. So. Oh God! Yeah, it's a tragedy. Ooh. <laughs> ooh! Ooh! Ouch! Boom! Hey. I'm, I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Never be sorry for that. Oh, well, Ron Johnson, fuck. Ron Johnson is certainly sorry for the loss of buildings and property damage. Also, can we just point out that he says, like, he's not afraid a lot, like, yeah. suspiciously a lot? That's, oh, that, yeah. like, keyword linking, like, not a tragedy unless you want me to make it a tragedy keywords and i'm not afraid because so-and-so is in my pocket maybe i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah well like i said before this he was like the ceo of his brother's company i think it was like a plastics company or something god damn it i was gonna say roofing yeah (laughs) why roofing i i would i don't know i just feel like that's just weirdly part of the zeitgeist now is it because of like the four seasons i don't know (laughs) maybe that maybe that's why it's in my mind like i just associate roofing with like the weirdness of the right but that's too normal like i want it to be something like evil you know like like it can be diabolical (laughs) like or or, certainly to our environment exactly waka waka (laughs) oh ronnie Moving on, getting towards the crescendo. Um, they talk about this. Uh, Ron and and this uh, and Jay talk about the continued presence of the National Guard. This is this is Johnson's commentary on it. And again, it has to do with the whole theme of well, he doesn't feel afraid. Well, unless there's some threats that they're not briefing me about, um, I, I I called for the move of the fence. I mean, I I think I've basically described what's happening here. This is Nancy Pelosi. This is Chuck Schumer's way of communicating to America 
that 74 million Americans that voted for Donald Trump are potential domestic <laughs> terrorists and armed insurrectionists, and we need to be protected from them. Yeah, any uh, that that that's quite a Said jump. No one ever. <laughs> right. That. So, I mean, but that's what he's doing. He's taking something that is that is a response uh, to a security breach in the you know to an attempted insurrection, however you want to call it. He's taking a, a security measure and he's making that into you know a message in his own mind that everyone who voted for Trump is now an enemy of the state. You know, and when you're when you use language of war to uh to people i mean don't you run the risk of maybe them thinking oh we're at war so that means we're going to do violent stuff now right you mean like everything leading up to january 6th yep 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 (sighs) so yeah so 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 far we have ron who loves cops uh unless they are being used to signal that trump supporters are uh, domestic terrorists, right? Um, he believes, he implies that maybe Nancy Pelosi had something to do with this. Um, <laughs> he he does not condemn the violence that happened in his own state as, as long as that violence was done by somebody who is ostensibly right-leaning in their politics, okay? So now we come to what got him in trouble, right? This is the part that uh, the radio host said was taken out of context simply because Ron wasn't making statements. He was asking questions. Ron condemns the violence and then questions the use of the term, quote, armed insurrection. And then he questions how many firearms were confiscated and then implies that the uh, shooting of the rioter was justified. For the, you know, one thing, and, and this will get me in trouble, but I don't care. Um, I bet you don't care. Again, I, I condemn what na- happened. I mean, it was, it was reprehensible. Never should have happened. But there were there were groups of agitators that, that were at the tip of the spear that caused that. Not not the tens of thousands of, of Trump supporters who would never even contemplate that. And quite honestly, the, where the video was edited, where people were helping police, okay? Mm-hmm. But the, the fact of the matter is, this didn't seem as an, like an armed insurrection to me. I mean, armed, when you think here of armed, don't you think of firearms? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's questions I would have liked to ask. How many firearms were confiscated? How many shots were fired? I'm only aware of one, and I'll defend that law enforcement officer for, for taking that shot. It's, it's, it was a tragedy. It was a tragedy. <sighs> so did anybody else happen to see video of the insurrection and the mob and 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 the attempted overthrow of a, of a democratic government. I don't know. But it, I was watching that whole day. It was yeah. literally all I did. That day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So destiny, t- you've, you've seen video, right? T- Takeaway. I mean, I, it was probably, it's the first and only insurrection of our lives. Um, um, well in our country. True. It was a freaking nightmare. <laughs> There was there was a one point someone pulled up a cross, no, like a wooden cross, like oh, there was a there was a gallows. Yeah, a gallows. Uh, yeah. Yes, as well. People were, people well, that, were screaming. That's not a firearm. So hold on. No, it's <laughs> not. It's a fire gallows. Okay, fire gallows. No, or it's a gallows arm or something like that. But yeah, there were yeah. Some, there were quite a few armed people, um, and I mean guns in this case. In the videos I saw, I know we're having like mixed reality with with uh, Ronnie here, but um, <laughs> the ones that were broadcast Ronnie to the J. rest of the world. There were definitely people with not just arms, but firearms. 
Right, right. And and the whole like, you know, to, to me, arms mean firearms, you know, I was like, okay, well, that's an interesting thing to say, because I'm curious what he would say every time police kill someone and say he was armed with a stick or armed with a knife or armed with a bat, or you know, with a knee, armed with a knee, right? Exactly. Or, or not armed at all. I mean, the shooting uh, that occurred in, uh, in, in Kenosha, actually, that right, and was in his home state. That guy purportedly had a knife and therefore was armed. But the, anyways, yeah, Ronnie also uh, shows once again that he doesn't know how to use Google because he's saying, you know, he's doing the I'm going to ask questions and obfuscate. So how many firearms were confiscated? Well, according to PolitiFact, firearms were confiscated before and after the insurrection in D.C., all day long that doesn't include the um bombs that were found at the rnc and dnc offices he totally forgets to mention that point honestly i had forgotten that right (laughs) because they didn't go off so like i had other things to think about that day yeah i like we forget that a bomb went off on christmas right right? that that was not that long ago oh god so yeah so ron takes us on a journey i do i I had to write this down to make sure I could keep track of his thought process through this entire thing. Okay. So, uh, his, his, you know, his attitudes toward law enforcement, property damage, political actions, and murder are predictably fluid in this regard. Okay. In Kenosha, there is no condemnation of Kyle Rittenhouse and Ron implies that property damage is equivalent to murder. Then in the Capitol, Ron doesn't care to mention the property damage. Uh, And also he questions the planning of Capitol Police for the Trump protesters while simultaneously claiming he wasn't worried about the protesters because they weren't Biden supporters. He claims there were, quote, a few agitators, which is an old trope, the outside agitator myth. uh, My ears perked up when he said agitator. Oh, yeah. From the civil rights era. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that is shit. Even I know that much. Um, He blames on, quote, a few agitators while ignoring that many of those arrested were legit Trump supporters with Q affiliation to boot, right? And I'm not even going to try to unpack Q. Uh, Ron believes that overwhelming force and manpower was necessary to quell the riots in Wisconsin, and then states that the continued presence of National Guard at the Capitol in the wake of an historic insurrection is merely Pelosi and Schumer signaling that Trump voters are domestic terrorists. And finally... Ron questions the term, quote, armed insurrection because no one had guns, according to him, uh, or questions whether they had guns. But then he defends the Capitol Police officer who shot an unarmed woman engaged in the insurrection. Here's the funny part. By defending that cop, you have to acknowledge the reasonable threat of great bodily injury or death in that cop's mind. Okay, so it does. If you believe if he believes that the shooting is justified, which is what he said, then he believes that that cop reasonably believed uh, that great bodily injury or death was imminent, was about to happen to him or someone around him. So whether someone was armed with a knife, stick, bat, or gun, if you decide that that's reasonable, it doesn't matter whether they have any weapons at all. So who cares if someone had firearms or not? And that, that last part um, about, you know, playing down the armed insurrection part, that's what he got in trouble for. And that's the part that every that the host was saying was taken out of context. So, when you put it in context, personally, I think it's even worse. I, yeah. I think he's contradicting himself the whole way. So and- was he um, on the hill during the insurrection? Was he actually 
like in the building? I believe he was. He was he was on the campus. He, okay. okay. So if he was on the campus and he did not feel threatened, did he allow himself to be evacuated? That's a good question. He doesn't I didn't see that comment. I do know that he made mention that he was watching um the the initial breach from his on TV from his office cuz he talks about how there were people that were and I saw this too staying inside the rope lines when they were inside part of the Capitol, which was like bizarre to me, but he doesn't make any comment on people breaking into offices and stealing stuff and screaming, you know, where's, where's Pelosi? Where's, where are all these people? Doesn't mention the gallows. Doesn't mention, um, you know, hang Mike Pence or anything like that. So yeah. Or about the protester who had the zip ties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Zip tie man. That's him. The Q shaman. You know, everybody who's been arrest pra arrested practically, it's like initially they were asking Trump for a pardon. And then when he didn't get, when they didn't get it, then he's asking, um, then they're all basically all blaming him, you know, and I get it, that's part of their defense. They're like, you know, our president called us, but. But at least they get, you know, organic food while they're <sighs> in jail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I wouldn't, I know. Right. And I wouldn't have a problem with that if the you know if the bureau of prisons paid that much attention to every prisoner's diet you know but you know this dude's a this dude's a political guy so they can't you know they got to let that one yeah, go yeah when i heard that all i could think of was like the maggot in like laden food that prisoners eat in a lot of our prisons because these prisons have been privatized and they're literally you know giving like food like at the lowest possible cost Yep. And I'm like, and this fucker gets organic food? Yeah. What the fuck? Yep. Jake Chandless or whatever his name is. He has a, he, I think he's an actor too, so. Well, he likes to refer what? to himself as Angeli, right? But that's not his act his real name. Yeah, Jake Angeli and I think his real name's like Jake Chandris or Ch Ch okay. something something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Destiny, what do you what do you what do you think about uh Ronnie J? Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I just think, you know, it must be nice to just live in your own world all the time and <laughs> literally <laughs> just choose, you know, whatever sounds nice, even if it doesn't sound nice, and then forget about it immediately after and go on with your day. Like, that's the epitome of um, privilege. <laughs> Um, and how is please, people of Wisconsin, please, please see through this <laughs> <laughs> next year, right? You said 2022, please change that mm -hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh Ron Johnson. He, he sucks. And I guess part of the reason why I chose this is because our reaction, like, you know, it does seem kind of banal what he's saying and what he's doing because he's not, you know, he's not Trump and Trump has set that bar so high that like, these are the types of things that like, remember when Steve King um, of Iowa set the world on fire for saying things that weren't, I mean, yeah. some were close, but nowhere, usually nowhere near bad is what Trump says. And with, with Johnson, it's like, you actually have to take us, or at least I have to take a second and remember, wait a minute what this guy's saying is horrible and this dude ha has power and influence and he's sending dog whistles to people possibly um, who might be amenable to trying something like this again. And nobody yeah. seems to give a shit. 
you know? I think you meant he, Trump um, set the bar low. Because <laughs> now any old person can just, you know, talk like this, it seems. And people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Like, <laughs> I'll follow I, I, that. I, I, yeah, I guess it's like it's relative bar placement, you know? It's just like in terms of if you're if you're for him, then the bar is really low in terms of what you have to say. And they'll forgive everything else. But in terms of people like me, and if I may, us, um, to be outraged and have a, a real, like a, a reaction, the bar is way higher now. Because it's like, well, he did, it's not like Johnson said some shit, but he didn't say that, you know, Mexico is sending thieves and rapists and things like that, you know? It's like I've I've personally just become so jaded by that. I'm like I, I had to do a double take on this guy. Yeah, I think part of it is um, the last five years, the Overton window has shifted so far to the right that it's indistinguishable from what it was even before Trump. Like already, our sort of social view was sort of skewed to the right, and then Trump came in. And just it just like shot all the way over. And so now what we consider normal is essentially far right hate speech. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much. And that just makes me so sad. But that's uh, I that's kind of like why we do this. It's like I could see people being jaded and just saying like, oh, more more of this shit, more lies, more propaganda, more PR spin. And, you know, they just scroll right past it, which on the one hand is good because you don't want to infect your brain with that nonsense. But on the other hand, it's good to know what they're saying so you can recognize it as it becomes more subtle, more nuanced. Yeah. I think I, I mostly just appreciate y'all breaking it down like this because me I'm you're like Destiny give me a reaction I'm just like I just <laughs> walk out like why am I listening to this what's on Netflix yeah what like, is on Netflix plain child speak but even a child is kinder like and has like <laughs> values at that stage so I'm just I the, it as someone once told me like we're trying I'm trying and I think both all of us are to see logic in, in a logical person and then I just kind of fizzle out because I'm just like, what is, why, <laughs> why are we, why does this person have a, a megaphone? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I almost feel like there should be a rule that no seated uh, U.S. Congress person should get to have Twitter. You know, it's like you're a U.S. Congress person. You have publicists and Fox News and CNN. You have people who will speak for you. You have press secretaries. You have super PACs that will support you. Why do you, why do they need Twitter? Seriously, how is that locking them out of the conversation, out of the public arena? It reminds me of um, when people were saying that they were muzzling Trump by kicking him off Twitter. Oh, and Josh Hawley. Yeah, and he literally has full-time team dedicated for his specific communication to the public. <laughs> like What's you he can't do you... when he's riding on the golf cart. Anna. <laughs> or, fill in or that time. Like, uh, the sun, that Florida, blessed Florida sun. <laughs> God. You um and speaking of uh speaking of Florida as a non sequitur, um no, that's nothing. I got nothing. I was going to, uh, this is a really professional pivot. Sorry. Sorry. Moving on. I was, I was going to try to make some type of joke connecting Florida to, uh, to all the great things that destiny is working on these days, but you're, you're not, you're not based out of Florida. Are you destiny? No, I'm in the, the other sunny state, California. <laughs> yeah. Right on. I, 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 uh, you've got a lot of things going on, which is awesome. And I'm most curious about, I think your most recent project is your upcoming podcast, correct? 
Yes, I'm super excited about that too. <laughs> get get woke, get drunk. Is that is it? Get drunk, get woke. Get drunk. Get... <laughs> so we get drunk before we get woke. Yeah. Well, you, during the process of getting woke, you're getting drunk. Right. On, nice. right on. Okay. You want you want to tell us a, a a little bit about that one? Yeah. For what sure. What you got going? Yeah. Just um, pushing my. Um, interests in social anthropology political topics anything civil rights social justice related um but in a casual conversation manner um with some sometimes friends like y'all or some industry experts but um the first one uh episode is on colorism which is a pretty juicy topic (laughs) who do you who do you talk to about that or are you keeping that one secret yeah are you just keeping that one in We do have a doctor on the line for that one. Uh oh. (laughs) PhD. Okay. Hey, still counts. Oh yeah, I I wasn't saying it doesn't count, but (laughs) yeah, we're not we're not we're not doing the Jill Biden up in here. We're not doing that. We're not like actually like dissecting like medical colorism or anything. Like it's yeah, more social. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're we're looking for is that is that one coming out pretty soon? You still working on that or coming out tonight? I just need to tidy it up. And by and by tonight, all of y'all are listening. We're recording this a day early, but I'll put this oh. one out on the Twitter feed, obviously. So no, it's cool. So uh, let's see. Yes, so it's coming out. Uh, when first- you're listening to this, it is already out. I would recommend it. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just going to watch that as soon as we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> but but for those of you out there listening who want to, you know, check out some more cool content, I'm sure that'll help sort of raise the awareness and uh, and elevate your uh, your thinking. Uh, check out uh, Get Woke, Get Drunk. I got that right this time, right? Get drunk, get, get drunk, get woke. Come on, man. See, I'm, and I'm not even drinking. You just want to get, get woke first. That's okay. Yes, I do. Well, I feel like if you're drunk already. Anyways, anyways, yes. Check out Get Drunk, Get Woke. Got it Yay. that time. Yay. With uh, the one and only Destiny Fox Kano. So definitely go check it out. Um, do, is there anywhere that people can follow you uh, on social media, Destiny? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Everyone stay the hell away from her. No, just, just, please follow, I don't know, on Apple and Spotify. <laughs> it's new. I'm new here. Okay. Just, okay. Just listen. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right, then we got we kept it just over an hour. So that's an accomplishment in and of itself. So good for us. Thank you so much for being here. I know that this was kind of like a low key episode, but no doubt we'll have you on again for something a little more explosive. I feel like we'll have you on again. Yeah, it's basically what I'm saying. (laughs) Ooh, ooh. I think what do you know about maybe? Oh, you know what? Maybe Charlie Kirk. Do you know Charlie Kirk? No, but I can look. Him okay, up. perfect, perfect. Okay, okay. Oh, no, I don't look him up. up. Don't okay. look him up. No, <laughs> okay. Okay, well, that is our show, everybody. Uh, I want to thank Destiny for hanging out with us and joining the conversation. Um, last takeaway about Ron Johnson, Destiny. By the way, if you got one sentence for him. Twenty twenty two, save us all. Thank you, Wisconsin. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, once again, want to thank everyone for listening and please subscribe, write some reviews, throw some five-star rating on uh, Apple podcasts, maybe share a link uh, to the show with a friend who might want to get in on the conversation. And also, uh, if you are in a giving mood and you have the means, please go ahead and donate some money to a Texas-based charity helping families in need of support right now. Uh, Anna and I made a donation to Powered by People, uh, and we encourage any of you who can, please donate something. doesn't have to be that one, but just if you can and you're in the mood, please give what you can. They should surely need it. All right. 
everyone keep your head down and um if you're registered to vote in wisconsin and you know 2022 is is your year man don't uh, don't let us down all right take it easy everybody